transmitted live across the Atlantic 3,000 miles and five hours backwards in time. We are now getting your sound clearly and we are looking forward with great anticipation to seeing your program. Welcome to episode two of Match Report. Uh, my name is Jack Holmes. I'm here with Manny. Manny, how you doing? I'm feeling good, man. A little bit tired though, man. It's been a it's been a long week for me. So yeah, what'd we've you get got preparations. We've got preparation for our live show. Very cool. So Where, uh, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be doing a tour, man. We've been a bit ambitious. So we're starting off in Birmingham. And then we're going to move into like our headline show in London and then finish off in Manchester. So, yeah, for the listeners, um, I'm also part of another podcast, which is Animated. This is our fifth season now. So, yeah, we're just prepping for a live show, um, thousand capacity. So, yeah, man, there's a lot to go into, a lot of work, dance routines, all sorts of things, man. Yeah, pass the, pass the Meerkat. Everybody should check yeah. it out who's listening uh, mine was pretty good. I had my own version of a tour. We did a little bar crawl for my friend's birthday last <laughs> night. But somehow we ended up near Times Square, which as a born and, born and bred New Yorker is not an acceptable scenario. But <laughs> we just about survived that. Um, and I, you know, I made it here and got up in time to... Uh, you know, I caught the first round of matches. I, I saw a bit of yeah. uh, Liverpool match and all that, but... Obviously, Chelsea Man City was the biggest on paper, and it, it turned out to be – it lived up to a the billing. It was the open. biggest match. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a lot more open than I, than I anticipated. Um, more so from, like, City side. I, I thought they've been keeping clean sheets uh, more this season. So I just thought – I don't know. I was expecting a 2-1, two, 2-0 two, two win. Eight goals, man. For neutral, it was beautiful. But, yeah, it was some of them was some some poor defending – some good play. Um, luckily, we don't have to talk about VAR this this weekend. Um, they got a couple of decisions spot on, but yeah, it was good. It was good. Good game for neutrals for sure. What did you think? Yeah, I noticed Mikel Arteta was quick to compliment the VAR after he won the match. This <laughs> it's a lot easier to get the compliments off. Um, I thought it was a fantastic match. I mean, Chelsea. You know, there was a lot of hype after their performance against Arsenal. Um, but this was the real deal, I thought. They really competed. And it was that Pochettino brand where they're pushing high up. They refused to really sit in. They pushed up yeah. high. They won the ball high. And I think that was the first team I've seen this season that really made Man City uncomfortable in deep possession mm -hmm. back there. You know, Arsenal mm -hmm. beat them. Wolves beat them. But I haven't seen them that rattled. They were very much rattled by Chelsea's athleticism. I think, you know, Connor mm -hmm. Gallagher is, is not maybe the best on the business end of things, uh, you know, goals and assists wise, but phenomenal mm -hmm. athlete. And his pressing, yeah. the way that they were going at them, I've, I haven't seen City look like that in a while. Yeah. And I think players like Connor Gallagher are epitomizing like current football nowadays that it's a very much more like an athletic sport um who can run the fastest who can run the longest who can make those repeated sprints that pressing and technically you don't need to be as good as i don't know back in back in the early 2000s and you know the late 90s when we grew up on like the legendary players um and it just shows that especially if we put those kind of players in the right system under a pochettino system that plays on the front foot he's effective and that kind of that kind of play is gonna is gonna win you games 
Um, I'm surprised because I thought someone like Mason Mount would fit really well under this style of Chelsea. Uh, we're trying to implement that at United with him, but we have we lack that physicality. Um, I think the City were, yeah, they were definitely under under pressure, and I think they weren't as positive and assured in possession as they normally are as well. Um, Gary Dahl, he got called out by the manager during the, during the week on his training performances. Um, but yeah, just also being away, the weather wasn't great. It, it was it was a tough game for for both sides, and it was definitely end to end. It was more like a basketball game than a football game. But yeah, super enjoyable to watch. Yeah, I mean, you're right to to call out the physicality. I mean, to me, that was the defining aspect of City, Man City, at the end of last mm-hmm. season. They went huge. Everybody on mm-hmm. the pitch was huge for them. They weren't afraid to go long. That's how they beat Arsenal yeah. in that pivotal match. Um, but here, I did think that Guardiola in, in particular got exposed. I don't think that he's comfortable out there playing the center back as left back mm-hmm. role. He's not Nathan Ake, who is very comfortable out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's a, that's a problem if, if uh, Guardiola is going to uh, persist with that because when he's running back towards his own goal with a winger bearing down on him trying to win that ball, mm-hmm. that's not where he wants mm-hmm. to be, I don't think. Um, yeah. But, in, you know, it, it also says something that we're talking about City really struggled, really didn't look comfortable, still had four, <laughs> still scored four yeah. goals away from home. <laughs> Holland's still there scoring with his keister as he's like sliding into uh, into the open net. Um, yeah. I mean, what did you think Chelsea defended already? I, I guess they made some problems for themselves at certain points. Yeah, that's why I said like some of the some of the goals were better defending, like left on marks with free header. That's that that's not good. You know, any any level on any side. Um, Holland, I don't know. He didn't he didn't impress me in the game, but he got two goals, like he said. Good finish um, for for his penalty. Uh, he was lucky with the second goal when he slid in. That could have that could have gone anywhere, to be honest. But he's always in the right place at the right time, um, and he's just he's constantly a threat. Who uh, really impressed me though was was Foden. Um, Foden and, and Grealish, both their wide players. I think they had great games. Um, Alvarez is a quality player as well. Uh, I think they lost a little bit. Um, Doku didn't do as well as I thought he would have done because he's been on on fire recently. But yeah, definitely change with Grealish that that stepped up a bit for them for City. Um, a player that's been hot and cold throughout the season is uh, Sterling. Like when he's on form, like the whole the whole side, the whole Chelsea side looks different. They look constantly threatening. Um, well, I think a special mention is to be made for Joe um, Cole Palmer. Mm. Coming off scoring a penalty against your old club last you know, dying seconds of the game, to have that composure and the finish, and I think I think he's done well there, man. I didn't expect it from him either. I just thought he's going to go there and just become a squad player, and he's going. He's in a shout for England squad. I'm not going to lie to you. Continue like that for yeah. another few months. Yeah, I mean he's ice cold. He, he's got to talk to his barber mm. about what's going on up there but <laughs> he's, he's really ice cold on the penalties um, I think you're right to call out Phil Foden too his his feet in tight spaces are incredible mm-hmm. he was doing that Iniesta yeah. you know uh, shift it from one foot to the other to sidestep a couple mm-hmm. guys um, I, I was impressed with him in a way that I'm not always blown away by Foden I, I sometimes think he flatters to deceive and there's a bit of hype around him as a young English kid 
but I think he was, mm-hmm. he was a real deal today. And I, I think the, the useful contrast was on the other side when Mikhailo Mudrick came on and a guy who's just never comfortable in those tight spaces. Mm-hmm. He, he wants mm-hmm. the kind of space that you get as if you're a team that plays on the counterattack, you know, maybe yeah, you're yeah. away from the Champions League. He loves that. He loves getting one-on-one with a lot of space to run mm-hmm. into. But in this kind of match, mm-hmm. you know, it feels like a blessing that Arsenal ended up getting uh, Leandro Trossard <laughs> instead. Yeah, not only because, yeah, the the end product is there, but also as a link man, he can play yeah. in a bunch of different positions. He's just a, a guy who combines with whoever's around him. And Mudrick doesn't have that. He's just you know he's a he's a hundred meter dash guy. Mm. What what do you think of Jackson? Because his that's what six six goals now in I think eleven Premier League games. So after starting quite slowly, um, he's improving. His overall play I think is questionable, but he's getting goals. And again, that's all you need from your striker really. But um, yeah, what, what do you think of his performance? What do you think of his potential? Today, I saw a little more of the striker's instinct to get to that rebound, mm-hmm. um, to react quicker than those, again, you know, those Man City defenders can really move. They're quick across a couple yards as well. Mm-hmm. He beat them to that. That's what you want to see. I'm still not convinced mm-hmm. by him from a quality standpoint. I think, you know, the hat trick last weekend, he's basically getting on the end of these low crosses with an empty yeah. net. Uh, I haven't seen that that killer instinct from the top of the box, shooting through traffic, finding a bottom corner. Mm. The, the mm. thing that makes Sergio Aguero or Fernando Torres of Liverpool that lethal game yeah. changer, I, I think they'll go into the market for somebody. Um, I don't yeah. know who I don't know who they can get in January. I'm sure they'll be active. Uh, I actually thought Broya looked mm. okay Broya when he came on, but I, yeah, I just don't presence. know. If they have a, yeah. yeah, I don't know if they have an internal solution there. Mm, oh, they, they've got Christian and Cuckoo. He he's coming back yeah. from injury, potentially. Yeah. Um, I don't see him as an out and out number nine though. He's more of like a wide forward for me, or just off the main striker. But yeah, he, he's he's potentially he's had a great uh, preseason. Um, was scoring scoring for fun during preseason, so there's a lot of excitement with him. But yeah, I think firepower yeah. would, would be an issue. But Cole Palmer's linking up. Why do keep yeah. Cole Palmer. I don't know. I've got, I keep on thinking Joe Palmer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's linking up well. I think he he will he definitely adds that creativity in that midfield for them as well because you do have the industrial players in Caicedo uh, and Fernandez and and, and Gallagher um, just coming off in that inside channel from the right. He does offer just yeah that bit of creativity. He can unlock doors. Um, he's a, he's a, he's a great threat. A lot of his goals are penalties, but. His overall play is what I'm impressed with the most, to be honest. Um, yeah, you yeah it's, it's, it's a good game to watch. Yeah, Caicedo and, and Enzo, I've been saying all season that I think they're legit and I think they're the real deal. Mm. I didn't, I wasn't hugely impressed with them today. And I, I think there's real questions to be asked about Caicedo's range of passing and his ability to progress the ball. Um, mm. I, do, I don't know that he's an elite talent in that regard. Maybe he has more to show. But I do think mm-hmm. in the today's game, I mean, you can get playmaking from your center backs, and Levi Colwell is is good on the ball. Jago Silva is always seems to be good at everything and never goes away. But mm-hmm. uh, I think you do need playmaking from the from the defensive midfield position or at least deeper midfield. And I'm not sure that they that Enzo has really settled into to pulling the strings like that. 
Yeah, it's never been one of his strong strong qualities, to be honest. He was very good at covering ground interceptions. Um, he keeps the ball well, especially under pressure. He's got a great low, low centre of gravity uh, and he's aggressive. So again, all of these qualities are, are more like the physical aspects of, of the game that he ticks a lot of boxes. Um, in a side where you have an eight like Enzo who can progress the ball, it may not be as much of an issue, but I think it's because Gallagher is also not that technically great either and he's not that progressive of his passing he's more of a runner um, so I think there is a mismatch in, in their midfield three there that maybe you know Palmer can move into that Gallagher role and they can get another winger to replace Palmer uh, I think you'd see a, a much better balance that way um, but yeah it's it's Pochettino still trying to figure out his team at the end of the day um, like you said about Thiago Silva man he just he's he doesn't age. He's definitely like fine wine. So when he goes, that's going to be an issue. Um, I'm not sold in their centre-backs. Their Cucurella's come back in now out of, out of the closet. Don't know, don't know how he's got ahead now, but he's performing well. Uh, and Reese James is, is obviously great quality. But I think Poch has still got to figure out his best side. But I think he's going with players that are in form at the moment um, and it's and it's working for them. Where do you see them finishing this season? It's a tough one. I think... I think they'll miss out on Europe. I think they'll hmm. just miss out on Europe. Only because I feel the other sides that are in there around 6th, 7th, they've got a more settled team. Um, they've got a settled manager. Um, and they've added quality. Like Aston Villa, for me, I think that they'll make top six. Um, West Ham, I think, could make top six. I just feel like they've got yeah more settled teams. They 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 know each other. They trust each other a bit more. Um, I feel like Chelsea are always you know one game away from another crisis. So I don't think they'll they'll hold out for the whole season and, and be consistent. But they'll probably have a strong finish. Um, obviously, the, the more time Pochettino has with these players, and the more it looks like a, a, a Poch side, then yeah, I think I think they'll probably finish strong. But I think they'll just miss out. Yeah, I, I can't really get a read on them either. I, th I think you make the good point that there's just so many other good teams in that, you know, upper middle yeah. class bracket, whatever you might want to call it, like below the top yeah. table. You have a lot of uh, people that are trying to get into the conversation. We don't even think about Newcastle half the time, but they're still in that conversation. Exactly. Villa, yeah. West Ham, Tottenham now, I, you know, mm. at, I think best they're going to be scrapping for fourth which is what i had them before and i think we'll come on to that mm -hmm. um there's brighton presumably will still be in and around there yeah, it is going yeah, to be tough yeah. going for, for chelsea tough. but i think they look so much better uh so much mm -hmm. better than they did at least they there's there's been a philosophy stamped onto them which is that you know mm -hmm. we're going to play vertically we're going to get high up the field try and mm -hmm pressure them into mistakes and they pressured Man City into mistakes. And that's, you know, they're in the business of, of playing out from the back, however methodically yeah. <laughs> until they put you to sleep. <laughs> it's basically, um, I mean, I guess we touched on, we touched on Tottenham so we could move on to their, their early weekend setback. <laughs> Defeat, um, yeah. You must have as, loved as it. Would, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I have some, I have a strange background as an Arsenal fan because my the suffering 
that I experienced uh, as a young Arsenal fan coming of age in, you know, 2006, 2007, 2008, was at the hands of Chelsea and Man United uh, primarily. Oh, so okay. my biggest beefs, okay. my biggest beef is with Chelsea. Man, Man United has <laughs> faded a little bit as we, as both of us went off the deep end for about a decade. Yeah. Um, but Spurs, I'm getting a new appreciation because I find them to be the media darlings of the league. They can do no wrong. Mm. You know, yeah. The, the manager has them playing uh, nine men standing on the halfway line when they're down <laughs> nine men. And everyone's like, this is genius. He's sticking to his principles. Yeah, they're applauding for it. Yeah, if Eric Ten Hag did that, he would get laughed out of the league. You, you know, it, it's yeah. – and you know, I found it a bit much that last season – People were correct to, to wait until 60%, 70% of the season to, to stop mm-hmm. saying Arsenal – you know, the line was Arsenal need to not get ahead of themselves. If they're really mm-hmm. going to challenge for the title, nothing's happened yet. They've accomplished nothing yet, which was true. But somehow after mm-hmm. seven or eight games this season, it was <laughs> – Yeah, talking about know, our title favorite. Not, not a title uh, talk. <laughs> uh, and I always thought that they would be scrapping for top four. Good side that plays really good stuff, but – can they defend at the level required? Can they, mm. they certainly don't have a, a deep enough squad as we're seeing. Um, but I guess just on the, on the game this weekend, I mean, do you think it was bum luck the way it turned out for them? Or was that sort of in the post? Was that coming for you? Um, yeah, it, the result was a bit of a surprise. Um, but Wolves away is a, it's a tough ground. And they've got they've got some really quality players there. Um, definitely a couple that I wouldn't mind uh, taking at United. So it could be a sticky point, and they've had a couple of injuries. Um, but yeah, like you said, like they do seem to be the the media darling, where a lot seems to go their way, and they're a lot more favourable in terms of and, and lenient as well from the way it's reported about them. Um, everyone seems like their their managers like this breath of fresh air, this like amazing guy, and. Yeah, I mean, he, he talks a good game, but like you said, it's been eight games. But the thing about Tottenham is they, they never – I never get worried about them. Like, their history just they – could, they could be winning with 10 points clear with the last, I don't know, three games of the season. I know even mathematically they still would win, but somehow Tottenham would lose. Like, I just – at some point, it was, it was going to falter. Um, and it's happened a bit quicker than I ex- expected. Um but yeah, in terms of the game, I think I think two one was it could have gone either way. To be honest, I think both both teams did have chances. Um, I'm, I'm just happy that that Tottenham couldn't finish theirs and, and Wolves won it won it in the end. You know, um, but yeah, I, I love I love some of their players. I love Neto. I think he's destined to move soon. Um, they've got a good balance in their midfield. I think that's always key. Like the midfield battles is is where most. Uh, most games are won, especially in the Prem. So, no, it was, it was good to get them uh, a little bit more humble because they've been flying a bit too much. So, yeah, yeah, good to see that. I mean, what, one of the reasons they were so short on players was they lost Romero to a red last time out. And he is a perfect example of someone who I think has been getting away with red card conduct on many occasions over the much. last two yeah. years. Yeah. And finally, there's been so, some sort of consequences for this. But... I, I do think that they're refereed differently and, and certainly, you know, the talk sports of the world, they can do no mm. wrong. So yeah, I, mm. I would have preferred it not to be an injury and for my prediction to have come true simply on the <laughs> merits. But as it turned out, they were just swamped by, by injuries. And 
again, I, you know, I, I always go back to the Arsenal. But you look at last season, everyone's like, Arsenal bottled the league. And it's like, are we not going to look at how the, the, the trajectory and the form changed? Yeah. When yeah. Saliba, William Saliba and Takahiro Tamiyasu were injured in the same Europa League match against Sporting Lisbon. They were both out for the season. And then Thomas Partey was all, he, okay, he played matches, but he wasn't fit at the end of last season. Yeah, yeah. That's why Arsenal went off the boil and they, they started drawing games and losing games. And I, that's just, it's a similar situation now, but for some reason now, it's maybe it's easier to see how many injuries Tottenham got at once. Mm-hmm. But for some reason now, it's like, well, you know, they don't have a deep, deep enough squad because of the injuries. And it's like, yes, that's a reasonable uh, you know, thing to draw after a yeah. year of hearing about how Arsenal bottled the league. It drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's even the same for United. I mean, we've had 19 of our first team players injured already in the first, in the first 10 games. Um and yeah, Newcastle, Liverpool, Tottenham—they've had a few injuries, and it's like all hell's broken loose, and everyone's automatically so sympathetic to all these teams. But when we're playing Johnny Evans, starting you know <laughs> against City, everyone's like, "Yeah, United should be doing a lot better." So, yeah, I mean, it, it just comes to the territory. United and Arsenal—we've always been hated. I mean that—that that comes with being you know the most successful teams you know, recently up until City, obviously, but. I think a lot of a lot of teams, a lot of um, pundits, they still have that that deep hatred for the two of us. Uh, you can definitely see it. It's not even warranted Impossible. anymore because we're both pretty crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even. Uh, you know, I think it's also that the it's pr- probably the two biggest fan bases. I would say. I mean, United yeah, are certainly yeah, the biggest. Yeah. Arsenal are among the biggest. There's a lot of fans to wind up with. Yeah, you know the yeah. the sort of. Uh, the the banter the banter for banter's sake that you see on a, in a lot yeah. of coverage basically. Um, well, I mean, do you think what are what's the outlook for Spurs now? I mean, you could say they bottled this game by giving away two goals in stoppage time after the 90th minute, but does that speak to anything <laughs> deeper? Is it just that they have Eric Dyer back there with you know whoever else can get out on the they, field? They they haven't got they haven't got a great squad. And that squad is, is going to carry you throughout this season. So, like people keep forgetting, it's a long season. So, they don't have enough quality in depth. Um, you can't play your first eleven every single game. So, you know, the moment one or two players are out, they they look like regular Tottenham. Um, and I think they'll get found out. And I think they they're not a team that's used to dealing with pressure as well. So, even if they sustain this period of winning games and playing well. At some point, the Tottenham and them would have started crumbling anyway. So I think top four is at best. I'm not convinced they'll even make the top four. Um, I think they could easily get blown away with you know with a surge from Newcastle, from United even. Um, I, th- I think top three is Arsenal, Liverpool, and and City. Um, I'm not sure which which way it's going to go as in to win the league, but I think those three are are looking the strongest at the moment. Um, and there's about four teams fighting for the fourth spot, and then about eight teams fighting for top six. So, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a long season, and I'm, I'm just not convinced on Tottenham. Yeah, I I was glad to see Wolves moving to the top half of the table. I, maybe even briefly, they might already have been shoved back down. Mm-hmm. But I think Gary O'Neill is is one of the you know I think he's a top ten manager in, in the division. Yeah. I think he's very hard done by. At yeah, it was really harsh at Bournemouth, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I'm glad to see him get rewarded. Yeah, and again, they're they're playing their best players injured, and they still went out. I mean, Huang Hee Chan has been in amazing form, so he might be their best you know form player at the moment. But Pedro Neto is you know one of the best wingers in the league, and they've had to play without yeah. him for most of the last year and a half. Um, so that it is part of the game, but I'm glad to see them get up there because I think that they're actually a quality side. I mean, even Mateus Nunes, you know, they they have um, they have a lot of quality around around the pitch. But I don't know. They, that's another example. If they even lose one or two more people, suddenly you're you're sliding down and you're you're doing mm-hmm. business with the Everton's of the world. Um, yeah. But I guess you mentioned Liverpool, so we could go on to. You know, I I agree with yeah. you that th- those are the top three, and I I think you know Liverpool put in a decent case for their strength today. I mean, especially at Anfield. Um, yeah. But you know, how did you see that? Did you have Brentford? You know, getting anything out of this coming in? I did. I did actually. Um, and even the way the game went, they they should have been leading. Um, they just didn't finish their chances, and it was just a, a bit. The main difference between the two teams was just the quality of finishing. So once Liverpool had gone ahead, I just didn't see a way back in for for, for Brentford. But they had that early chance. Um, I think a bit of a scramble in the back um, in, in defence that didn't capitalise on. Then uh, and Bruno was put through one on one. He missed his chance, and then Salah gets a goal, gets two. And then the game's done. Um, Jota had a great finish as well. I just think, you know, once a couple of goals were, were against them, Brentford would never really get get back into into the game, especially at Anfield. So um, I, I think the difference between this season and last season for, for Liverpool is they've got options that they didn't have before. And the midfield is, has drastically changed, but it's working. I didn't see McAllister being as deep as deep he is um, as, you know, as a number six. But it's working. Um, yeah, they've, they've got options with, with Diaz, with Jota, um, Gakpo, Nunez. Um, you never know with Nunez what, what's going to happen. He can now score a 30-yard scream or miss an open goal. But, you know, his link-up play today was, was quite good. It was impressive. Um, Sala, you know you're going to get with him every week. So, yeah, I think I think they, they've got a lot to be positive about this season. Um, and the Europe... They can play, you know, weaker sides in Europe and, and just focus on the league. Because for them, definitely, it's, it's got to be back in the Champions League and, ty- and challenging for the title again. But yeah, they look they look decent. Yeah. By the way, I said Mate- Mateus Nunes for Wolves. I should have said Mateus Cunha. But <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Nunes um, is at uh, City now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I I agree. I think that they look markedly better. I my questions about Liverpool are in the midfield. I'm not. You know, we talked about the importance of athleticism in, in the game today. Liverpool are they going to the Etihad after the the break on November 25th? They they're playing City anyway. And yeah, that's yeah. the kind of match where if you play McAllister in deep midfield. Are you going to get overwhelmed? Essentially, are are they mm. going to run you off the park? You know, Arsenal used to have that problem all the time. Uh, mm. It seems like Declan Rice solves all problems, but it, you don't even have to be one of the very top sides to have yeah. some real physicality in there. And yeah. I just, yeah. you know, they brought in Wataru Endo, who I thought was going to be sitting in there for them. He doesn't. He might not be at the level. I, I can't quite get a read I, on yeah. him. Yeah. 
And then um, Endo, you know, yeah. Yeah, if he's not playing, no, I, I guess. Say, I, I agree. Yeah. Go on, go on. No, no, I'm just saying that with, with Endo, um, I agree that about his um, his quality. I'm just not sure if he's up to scratch in, in the league. Um, yeah, the Premier League's tough, man. Uh, I agree with the physicality. Um, City, I think they'll boss that game. Uh, they'll they'll the boss possession. Uh, they're definitely more of a goal threat, I think. Um, but is that Anfield or Etihad? It's Etihad, right? Let me look. Yeah, it is at Etihad. At the Etihad, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I'll go for a City win there for sure. But it'll be interesting to see because they, when you have someone like Salah in your team, like anything can happen. Um, yeah, Van Dyke could have a good game, inevitable. and mm. yeah, I mean Salah is so inevitable. It's it's crazy. I just I set him as my captain on my FPL team, you yeah. know, ten or eleven weeks ago, and I just haven't even looked at. It. Like, I just haven't changed him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you get some of that with Holland, but I don't even know that you do. Like Salah is much more involved in the game, much greater yeah. chance of, of an assist as well. And yet yeah, he's just like a nightmare to have on the the shoulder of the last defender. You're just living mm-hmm. in absolute terror for the entirety mm-hmm. of the match. And they do always yeah. have a shot, always have a shot with him. But I think it's center back too. It's not just in defensive midfield. Like, is Virgil Van Dyke the same player that he was a few years ago? I don't think so. Who partners him? Is it still Joel Matip? Like, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, they they brought in um, the Frenchman. What's his name? Kanate. Uh, yeah, Kanate. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't. I just don't know about them. I, d- I don't know if they can. They can be bossed in that way, where you you can tell when a player is just not. Even if they're big, they're just not agile enough to to cope with yeah. with the demand. Yeah. League now. But we'll see. I mean, <clears throat> Klopp, I think is the you know he's up there among the best. That they they play great yeah. stuff. They're very hard to to beat. I don't know. I mean, how do you see it playing out for them? Yeah. Also, I think an issue of fullback, uh, Trent is playing more inverted role. Um, just you have to be so tactically astute to play that role. And defending and going backwards is Trent's biggest weakness. So I think, you know, he can get caught out in that middle very easily, especially on a counter-attack and be dragged all across the pitch. Um, I think someone like Grealish will probably start ahead of um, Doku in that kind of game uh, and just pen back uh, Trent and just not allow him to have that freedom to pick out passes from you know the inside channel or from centre mid. Um, yeah, with Rodri as well, like their midfield, I just see them dominating uh, Liverpool's midfield, to be honest. Um, and once once you've done that, it's just constant pressure on your back line and their defence is one of their weak points as well. Alisson's a great keeper. Um, so I, I just think City will get too many chances to not get a couple of goals. Um, but yeah, with, with Salah, with, you know, the options and with Diaz and, and Jota, Liverpool do have have a threat. So it, I think it'll probably be a win for Liverpool if, if City have a bad day as opposed to them, you know, causing issues for, for City. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going probably like a 2-0 two, yeah, two City win there. Yeah. Andy Robertson missing as well, probably for a while mm-hmm. with that she mm. split his shoulder open. Um, mm. And I'm not sure that Costa Simikas is quite quite at his level either. 
Yeah, it just I do sometimes feel like Liverpool, even though they've looked so much better this season, is this that same somewhat aging team with a few new pieces put in that they do they are better and they do look more Mm -hmm. athletic, but they still have those brittle aspects, um, especially back there, farther back in the team. Uh, certainly going forward, I don't think there are many questions about them. But, you know, in, in that kind of knockdown. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the, the final rebuild is going to be that defense. I think they've got enough options and, and players uh, up front and in midfield now. I just think what would you do with, with Van Dyke? He's definitely declined. His partner hasn't been cemented. Like you said, sometimes Matic, sometimes it's... Canate, at times it's even you know Joe Gomez. So I think there's an issue there, and Trent's positioning is also just it's not. Sometimes he's the you know traditional fullback whipping crosses in. Sometimes he's playing inverted. Um, Robertson is not. I don't see him getting up and down the pitches as much as he used to. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I think they need to to revamp that that, that defense to really kick on, but. They're definitely making that progress and transition into what a new clock Liverpool side is going to look like. So I think this season is probably going to be too soon to challenge for the title. Um, but I think top four is pretty, um, pretty. I don't want to say guaranteed, but I think it's most likely for them. And I think next year with the right signings, um, they'll they'll definitely kick on. Yeah, and I do think, as you said, I mean, I think they have the best goalkeeper in the world. In the um, I would, I would yeah. take. Oh, him. in the world, Not- yeah. I think, you know, you look at him, there's people like to focus on he's good with his feet. I think that he's the best one-on-one goalkeeper in the world. Like if if I was defending and they break the lines and suddenly there's somebody one-on-one with my keeper, you want Allison mm-hmm. to be your keeper, I think. He he mm-hmm. saves, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they ask. They, they used to say that about Petr Cech. Maybe Mourinho used to say it. I can't even remember. That, you know, he gets you six, seven, eight points a season. That's, I think, yeah. what you're looking at. And also you have a guy who can spray at 55 yards and find somebody right on the sideline to start an attack yeah. as well. Um, so they have a lot going for them, including Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. I think Diogo Jota is a phenomenal player who he reminds me of Leandro Trossard in that I, I don't think that he gets as many minutes as he should. And he's sort mm-hmm. of that skeleton key attacker where you know he can go in anywhere do those combinations mm. with the people around him, create danger and overloads, and is a phenomenal technician who, you know, we just, there's just so many forwards in the league that are unbelievably gifted and just do not register goals and assists. And that's all he does. You know, he's out there for 30 minutes, he'll get you a goal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I like a lot of what they do. I just, you know, the questions we raise, I think, will be on a lot of people's minds with them. But I think, you know, they might be the main competition as well. I, you know, Arsenal, mm. I, I don't know who's going to show up every week, to be honest, uh, especially mm. because Liverpool score goals for fun. Can't say that about Arsenal yet this season, even though it's it's improved. And mm. somebody's got to challenge City. <laughs> Somebody has to do it. I know Yeah, nobody's... like it's, it's getting to a point now where it's just it's boring. Like, imagine them winning it again, but... And they're not even playing amazingly. Like, I don't think... And they typically don't start well um, in the season. So, I don't know, man. They've, they've lost some some key players and they're still... Yeah, they're still riding, riding through and, and, and winning games. Um, 
they're dropping points at, at Ant and at Anfield at Stamford Bridge today. I see it more as a point uh, a point gained rather than than two points lost. If I'm honest, because uh, Chelsea are in form. Um, they're playing away from home. There's terrible weather conditions. You know, the couple of penalties. So, you know, for both sides, I just think, yeah, even playing quite poorly in patches, they they still manage to get you know, to get a point. Um, I think they'll definitely turn over Chelsea at home. So, yeah, it's just it's annoying. I don't, I don't see who's gonna who's gonna beat them. But I'm resting on you guys. It has to be Arsenal. Yeah, I think it has to be Arsenal. They they're the only ones with the depth of squad and the mm. physicality and everything that you need now to do it. Um, I mean, it, I think there's a danger, and I wrote about this um, over at the football weekend a few weeks ago, but of, you know, the worst thing that can happen is that people become indifferent or sort of apathetic. Because I think you get some of that in the Bundesliga with, with Bayern where it's om- like it's not even the people are upset that City win anymore because it's so inevitable. It's not like when, when Manchester United were doing their thing in the 90s and, and early 2000s, everybody hated Manchester United. But does everybody <laughs> yeah. hate City or does anybody really care? Does it really count, yeah. you know? yeah. Yeah, like the whole league was like almost against United. Whereas now, like, I feel like Wolves fans, Brighton fans, like, I don't think people really care. Like, and I don't know if that's like the marketing, the PR that Pep has somehow managed to like fool the whole media. Like, everyone seems to love Pep as well. Like, even when he's blasting his own players, even because he came out with a quote today, he's like, uh, which a Cambridge player said that he wanted to leave. Oh yeah, it was, uh, it was Palmer wanting to leave to go Chelsea, and he was like, "Yeah, when he asked to leave, I said you can go. Whether you want to go to Liverpool, Chelsea, United, if you don't want to be here, you can go." He's like, he's just so nonchalant about things. It's just like, can't you just be a little bit of a prick, just so we can hate you, just, <laughs> just to make it easier for us? But yeah, like it's, it's just it's not interesting anymore. That's also, I feel like he's letting something slip there where I think he does regret letting Gabriel uh, Jesus and Zinchenko mm. go to Arsenal. He, you know, he probably enjoyed it in a way because he almost helped create this monster that he then slayed at the end of the season. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think he's revealing a bit there. Like, I don't think he's going to be shipping anybody off to Liverpool as long as you're yeah, there. And it's like, yeah. you know, a lot of people are talking big right now. A- Ainge Postacoglu is talking about how he's never questioned a referee decision or whatever. It's, you know, <laughs> he's got the, when I was your age, we just accepted the decisions. It's like, no one has ever accepted a decision. Like, I played, <laughs> I played varsity high school soccer in the United States. <laughs> exactly. And I never accepted a decision, you know. I mean, you were all yelling at the referees as part of the game. And by the way, yeah. we should we should keep an active eye the next time a decision goes against Spurs, assuming that at some point happens, uh, to see whether he <laughs> keeps his, his quote. Or not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we mentioned. Yeah, he, uh, had, sorry, go ahead. He yeah, had yeah, another go ahead. quote after that game as well. Um, I think the reporter asked him um, after going down to nine men, like, why why didn't you park the bus? And his response is, "I'm I'm not a bus driver. I'm, I'm a football coach." And it's just like when he's giving you know his quick quips back like that, you know the, the media are gonna love him. So he gets a bit of a blind when his team is. 
<laughs> wasn't there a time? Wasn't there a time when Ars- Arsene Wenger was blasted, and I think justifiably so. This is why I wanted him out mm. for always playing the same way, regardless of the opposition, and not preparing a mm. game plan to deal with the, the specific threat of the opposition. And now yeah. to have some unflinching philosophy. Maybe Pep Guardiola <laughs> has changed this a bit, in that he has sort of an unflinching philosophy, and he wins everything. So. Yeah. Maybe people's perception has shifted a little bit in the time since. But no one seems to criticize Spurs for playing one yeah. way, even when it's dumb, to do it. Yeah. But it's, he's al- almost like that like that family member that you just he's just fun to play with, but you're not really going to, like, scold him or... Because they, they don't mean anything. They don't mean any harm. They're not going to amount to much. So I think Tottenham's also easy to just, you know, pat them on the back every now and then. Because, yeah, they're not really going to amount to much, which is really harsh when I say it out loud. But that's just the general <laughs> consensus that Tottenham will always be Tottenham. It is It is <laughs> the history of the Tottenham, as Giorgio Chiellini said it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's a sad state of affairs. There's there's a lot of, you know, teams in the in the U.S. who have, you know, the Buffalo, the poor Buffalo Bills are, I think, a good, and like, comparison in that they have a huge fan base. They are often quite right now they're very very good but they yeah. always they they once lost four super bowls in a row the, the buffalo bills oh, and like <laughs> i get i feel like if tottenham went to the champions league final four times in a row they would lose all four yeah then again lost yeah, yeah. the only one they went to well we mentioned Bayern, and i know you wanted to touch on that um and that you know they are an example of you know, when, when a league sort of goes haywire and, and it, mm. it's no longer truly competitive. I mean, they, they won again, say Harry Kane doing his thing. Have, have you revised your opinion that you'd rather have Erling Holland yet or you're, you're still on the same page? Uh, I think it just <laughs> depends on the style of play and what striker fits your, your system better. I think for the way... To be honest with you, I feel like Kane's a better fit for a city than Haaland, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you want, it's definitely going to go more direct and I think I think Haaland is, is a better striker in, in that kind of in that kind of system. Um but yeah, but I think Kane got two this weekend. Um again on, on, on over the weekend. Um but yeah, Leverkusen, four 0 win, top of the table. But I'm just I'm just here to enjoy the ride with them because I know eventually they're gonna falter. So I'm just happy to watch good football, young players thriving. Um, I like a couple of their players, like I mentioned last week. Works. I also like the fullback Finn Pong. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just enjoying the ride with them. It's it's, it's great to watch. Um, but yeah, they will eventually falter. Um, it's just I just hope they can hold out. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's rude of me to to talk about the Bundesliga as a one horse race. I mean, I guess it wasn't a one horse race last year, but there, you know, mm. was that inevitable faltering at, at that was really the eleventh hour. Um, mm. I love I love what Bayer Leverkusen are doing. I I do I have a soft spot for a player that I always knew was a brilliant tactical mind. Mm. As you know, Chabi Alonso was the manager's man on the field, I guess you would say he mm-hmm. was, you could tell that, you know, he knew everything that the manager wanted them to do and was the one mm-hmm. to help make it happen at the absolute engine room, the heart of everything. Um, and it's cool to see that translate. Well, you know, 
we'll see how it goes yeah. for Xavi at Barcelona in the long term. But I think yeah. it seems to be more common, you know. Mikel Arteta was not nearly at the level of those players, but you could always tell that he had a had a brain for the game like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been fun to this wave of managers. I mean, I guess Zinedine Zidane would be the the chief among them. He surprised me. Champions League winner. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <clears throat> he surprised me. But yeah, you're right about um, Alonso. He was always like kind of like the conductor on the pitch. So it kind of makes sense that he's gone, you know, in the touchline now. I mean, he's still conducting, but obviously from the sidelines. Uh, I was going to ask you, what other player do you think could could develop into a quality manager? Um, one from Real that I think could step up is Cruz. But I don't know if he's got yeah. aspirations to be to be um, into management, but yeah, Cruz is a shout for me. But yeah, is there anyone else that you think has has the credentials to be to be a, a top manager? I think uh, Rodri could be a, a manager. I could see that for him. Mm. I think he's yeah. got he, his. Obviously, he's a great athlete, uh, but I think he reads the game extraordinarily well, and that yeah. is the big. It doesn't always translate. Like Jason, uh, John Terry, I thought read the game very well as a center back, but he has not been much of a manager or, or a coach. Really, no. he, he brings yeah. his own <laughs> baggage to the <laughs> locker room wherever he goes. <laughs> Um, but you know, I do think that, that it often translates that if you can see how the play is going to develop before it does, if you, if you can recognize patterns in how mm. people build up, how they, they set up their teams. Um, I think Rodri has those skills for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. he's a long way away from, from his managing days, but I assume there'll be a move to Saudi or wherever in between, <laughs> but yeah, before uh, him. <laughs> yeah, but he, he could be one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Definitely a good shout. But yeah, they, those positions um, definitely have the quality. You don't usually see like a top striker during his career, then become like a top manager after. Uh, like Rooney's struggling now. Um, he's gone mm-hmm. quite a few places, kind of like you know to learn the ropes. But yeah, the championship is is a notoriously difficult league to you know, to to manage well in. Um, but yeah, even English war. managers in general, yeah. I think English managers in general they they struggle. I'm not surprised John Terry didn't didn't cut it. I'm not surprised Lampard didn't cut it. Gerard hasn't cut it. Um, yeah. Even and but even Andrea Pirlo, it didn't really work for him either. And he mm-hmm. he's the example. When he was playing, I was like, that guy's going to be managing AC Milan. Yeah, for sure. Like even the even the national down. team, you saw it. Yeah. 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 I, it's sad. I don't know. It doesn't always translate, which is, I guess that's why I like it so much when it does. Um, mm. But we'll have to see about Chabi Alonso. I mean, I also heard he's got, I read somewhere that he's got a clause in his contract that mm-hmm. he can move to one of his former club, like Bayern, Liverpool, or Real next summer, yeah. maybe. Obviously, there's a lot of speculation in these media reports. Um or at least a lot of, you know, inconsistent sourcing, shall we say. But <laughs> it would make sense if, if he has a clause where he's like, listen, if, if I can go to one of these huge clubs that I have, a, you know, historical ties to, would he be on yeah. the move, replace Carlo Ancelotti or something? That's another, yeah. you know, watch this space moment a little bit. Ooh. I think next season would definitely be too soon. Um, yeah. But if that's in his contract for, I don't know, for the longevity then definitely I think Ancelotti's days are numbered not because I don't rate him 
I just think not many people last at, at Real that long. Um, there's only so many Champions well, League you can going. win. Oh, is I think he? he's going to manage Brazil, I think, after oh, the summer. Okay. Okay. Which oh, Brazil. Awesome final. Yeah, it could be a final chapter for him. I think, if I'm not mm. mistaken, he's going to uh, Brazil. But that would be sort of the crowning achievement for someone who I think really has, uh, you know, set himself apart. I, it's hard to think of five better managers in history than than Carlo yeah. Ancelotti, just for you know European crowns alone. Yeah, and I think he gets um, quite underrated, definitely by the English media, just because he never managed um, in, in the Prem. But he's not really. His name is not always touted when we talk about the, you know, the, the greatest managers um, of all time. It's usually you know Sir Alex, um, Pep, Mourinho. But yeah, Ancelotti is usually quite forgotten. I feel. But yeah, he's had an had an amazing career, and he's reinvented himself and reinvented his side numerous times. Um, yeah, what he's doing now with with this young Real side is yeah, it's brilliant. I hope they can win the league. And I hope they they go quite far in um in the Champions League. I'd love that for Bellingham and and uh, Vinny as well for sure, because they've gone through mm. Vinny himself has gone through quite a lot in Spain. So to have you know a massive tie like a Champions League um, again would would, would would be brilliant to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, we'll be back next week. Maybe we'll take a look at some of the international action mm-hmm. and maybe just take the opportunity to sound off about. Our favorite player, who's not Messi or Maradona, whatever, <laughs> whatever. <it may> be. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, we'll we'll uh, yeah. everybody have a great week. You have a great week too, Manny, and uh, we'll catch Me up too, a, a week from now. All right, man. Peace.